welcome back to the Flat Out RC podcast, a podcast where we talk all things radio control flight. We're talking radio control planes, helis, and drones. My name's Andrew Sill, coming to you from the land down under in sunny Melbourne, Australia. I tell you what, the spring weather's been turning on down here in Melbourne. Uh, it's been awesome. Good flying conditions. Been a lot of events on, and I'm going to talk a bit about one of the events that I have just visited. Uh, but we have a good episode. Uh, we've hit a new milestone here at Flathead RC. That is right. We have our first guest from Western Australia. It only took about 153 episodes to get that happening. But uh, Rob Vonk is joining me, and uh, we had a really good chat. So stay tuned for that. But uh, before we get to that, let's have a look at what's been happening around the traps. Well, well, well. Uh, as I mentioned, there's been there's been a lot of events on November down my neck of the woods down here in uh, Melbourne is is uh, what I call event month, uh, and there's there's plenty happening. And but we're getting sort of to the tail end this weekend, this Sunday. The what's the date this Sunday? I don't know. This coming Sunday, uh, the Brag Club, the Bore Bore. Uh, Radio Control Club, I can't remember what it stands for, but the Bragg Club is having their uh, float fun fly day. Uh, if you're a follower of the Flat Out RC YouTube channel, you would have seen a video that I shot early in the year at a float flying event, and uh, they're having another event. So I'm hoping to get down there. I've got to juggle a few things. I might not be able to get there, depending on a couple of family things that I need to get sorted. But anyway, nothing too major. Just kids netball functions if i can get that sorted might be heading down with my float plane and having a fly so that's coming up this sunday down at the brag club the best thing to do is get onto the facebook page brag and have a look it's the bubble radio modelers i think it is i can always never remember the uh all these acronyms for names uh there's another event coming my friends down at bansdale i mentioned the bansdale club a lot because they run a lot of events and they send me information about the events. And as I've always said to people, if you send me information, I'll do my best to mention them. So I don't have favourites. I love and hate you all equally. Uh, but the Bansdale Club has an event coming in, the Bansdale Glide-In. It's a glider event, a fun, a glider fun fly event. Oh, I love this. Australia Day weekend, 2024, uh, January the 26th through the 28th. So the Australia Day is on the Friday, so it's basically all weekend. Join us for a weekend of gliding, no competition, no fees, just hospitality and flying your favourite gliders. Open to any glider, DLG, bungee launch, winch launch, electric, motor, or, you know, motor tow. They're going to have a 1,500-foot ceiling, so you can get plenty of height. Now, I've seen a glider flying at about 1,200 feet, and I'll tell you what, you can hardly see the damn thing. So 1,500 feet should be more than enough. Uh, catering Friday and Saturday, barbecue available other times. Camping is $10 per night. Hot showers, fire pit. They love their fire pit at Bensdale. It's like if you stay there and camp at the field, you'll end up sitting around the fire pit. Uh which is always fun. So that's the Australia Day weekend, January 26th through the 28th at the Bad Mac Club, Bansdale and District Model Aero Club. Jump onto the Facebook page, Bansdale and District Model Aero Club, and you can always find out more information there. Big thanks to Sergeant Tony Wilson for sending through the flyer. Don't know of any other events. I, think, I know there's other events, but I don't have them at hand. I haven't been asked to promote them yet. Anyway, you never know. Uh, speaking of events, I visited the Echuca and Moama Model Aero Club's Aerobatic Smackdown event. Uh, I love a uh, I love a fun fly event, and I love an aerobatic event. And one of my two loves in life, aerobatics, and I like lighting as well. Uh, but the I used to run an aerobatic fun fly event many years ago under the 3D Hobby Shop banner when I was selling 3D Hobby Shop planes. And then the Flat Out RC uh, um, fly lowings. But um, Mel Craig up there, the president of the Echuca and Moama Model Aero Club, he's an avid aerobatics guy and he has put this event on. 
Um, and the turnout was okay. Uh, a lot of my friends were there, which was always good to see. So I headed up. My parents actually came with me. They said they were up for the drive for the day. And so we went up for the day and they'd never been to a model flying club. And so they, they saw, they witnessed me in all my glory. Um, I did shoot some video, so I'll see if I can get an edit out of it. Uh, I'm not, I don't know how good it's going to be, but anyway, I need my little camera, not the big camera, because I'm going away. I'm going to be overseas uh, in a day's time as I record this uh, to Malaysia, but I won't be there long. Very, very short trip. So I didn't want to take all my gear that's packed away, so I just took, took the little camera. But... Um, yeah, some great pilots were there, um, and a lot of the avid aerobatics guys. We had the young, the young contingent, Belint Banco and Harrison Ritter, um, two great pilots down here, my neck of the woods, uh, and a good, good bunch of guys as well. Uh, Con Gabriel, he's a, a mad keen three D. Has been a long time. Used to be one of my best customers back in the three D hobby shop days. Used to buy. Lots of aeroplanes uh, and continues to fly really, really well. Mel Craig did a good job. Uh, and then we had my parents' favourite was Mario Pacioppi. He was on the podcast. And I couldn't pronounce his name. He's a friend of mine. I call him Mario Pacioppi, but he's uh, yeah, whatever I said first was probably the correct pronunciation. But he was flying his. Pilot RC Pitts Bulldog Scheme plane, which was built for a 70cc, but he's got a 100cc or 120cc in it, I think. And, gee, it's got some guts. And, and Mario flies really, really well. He also flew his Phoenix uh, Hawk jet, which flies very well, and he flies it well. And a great pilot, loves flying fast. You rarely see him back the throttle off. It's just pinned. My dad thought it was wonderful. He said that Mario was the best. So there you go, Mario. So um, all in all, a good, good aerobatic fun fly event. Um, and I like seeing some of these category-specific fun flies, like you know Ben doing with the gliding and stuff like that. I think it's it's good for those avid pilots to get together and just have a muck around. I know they did some night flying. Um and the gliding was beautiful conditions when I went up, up there. Absolutely perfect. The only downside was the flies. The flies were terrible. We were swatting them. I had two got into my mouth, which I managed to get out. Um, but, uh, yeah, they were a bit of a problem. We just needed a bit of a breeze. But even better, we got um, a – there's down at the local uh, full-size flying club there, a couple of pits, guys that fly these two pits, red ones. And one of them came and did another display for us, but the beat up that he did uh, over the top of the club was just phenomenal. Let's just say there was smoke in the pit area. That's how low he got. But um, he did a, it's a, a privilege to see this guy fly. Can't remember his name, but awesome. So next time you see an event down at Echuca, head on down. It's a great field, uh, a very hospitable place uh, to go and visit. The club members are awesome there. Um, Good, good food, thanks to Marilyn West and Fred West, of course, but Marilyn is leading the charge there um, in keeping everybody fed. But the I had pulled pork roll. And as you can see, you, you probably, if you saw my Shepparton uh, video from the Shepparton Mammoth event, I'm doing food reviews now at flying events for a bit of fun. And uh, the pulled pork was pretty damn good. So there you have it. Get on down to your local flying events. They're always a lot of fun. My favourite part of the podcast now, the guest. And this week's guest is from Western Australia. I finally get to say that. Rob Vonk, he's actually sending me messages as I record this. He's sending me some more photos of uh, a model that we talk a lot about, which is an F-16 jet that he's scratch building. Uh, and it is phenomenal. But I'll let you, Rob tell you all about it. But uh, Rob is a very keen aero modeler over in Western Australia, flies out the Whiteman field, which is a phenomenal field. I was Googling it as he was talking, and it's got lots of asphalt runways. Uh, big club down there in Western Australia. So it was good to catch up. Uh, Western Australia's behind us. I mean by time. They're three hours behind. So trying to arrange interviews sometimes a bit challenging due to the time difference. But Rob was available uh, and it was great, great to have a chat with him. So I hope to stay connected with him. And I can't wait to see this F-16 fly. Anyway, let's get into it. I want you to hear about this F-16 and all about Rob Vonk and his history in model aviation. Here we go. 
Well, I have been waiting a long time for this moment. A- 150, this is the 153rd episode of the Flat Out RC podcast, and I've finally managed to get a guest from Western Australia. Rob Vonk, thanks for joining me. Yeah, no worries. Uh, happy to be here. Well, I mentioned to you off air that you are the first guest from WA and uh, you sound surprised, but believe you me, I've tried. It's just that I haven't been had much luck, but I'm, I'm so glad that you're here. Oh, well, well it's good. It's, it's nice to be uh, invited, but yeah, there's pl- plenty of uh, passionate, uh, if I can say, aerosexual modelers over here. <laughs> that is true. And uh, look, we've got a time. Time difference is always a challenge when you're trying to record these things in your uh, Three hours behind. You told me that you've just had a full knee replacement, so you're a bit incapacitated at the moment. I am, yeah, yes. I just had that done three three weeks ago. Um, total knee replacement, painful. Still, still in pain. And I did that at work. Yeah, still, yeah, probably probably about an eight out of ten. Oh, gee, that's not good. So uh, no, but hopefully over the next hour we can ease the pain. We'll distract. Sure. Distract your brain sure. talking about model aeroplanes, which I know that you love. Now, speaking of model aeroplanes, that's what we're here to talk about. I don't know a lot about you, Robin. And we're going to. Le- I'm going to learn more about you. I- I've got a skeleton of who you are, but you're going to fill the gaps for us. So, where did your journey in aero modelling begin? Well, oh, I guess ever since I was a young boy, I've always been passionate in full size aviation. Um, uh, brother was in the Air Force. My nephew's a RAAF uh, Hercules captain. Um, I learned to fly a helicopter, just got to PPL, and I've always had a, a passion for, for that and RC aircraft. Uh, and that's where that came from. I, you know, I, I work in, in the um, aviation industry, um, and that sort of flowed into you know, RC, RC aircraft, and I've always had a particular passion for turbine aircraft. I mean, I like all uh, aspects of RC modelling, but more so um, RC, uh, turbine aircraft, and um, scale helicopters. That's where my passion lies. Well, they're two pretty good categories to be in. So when when did you first uh, get your you know, first radar control plane? Oh, gee, that's, that's not off. Quite a long time ago. I think I uh, probably would have been in my uh, late twenties. That was like just a high wing trainer, um, balsa trainer, pretty sort of basic. And it's sort of I had a go at that, and then, then I actually stopped for a while. And then um, then the um, the passion got reignited uh, about twenty years ago, and it went from and it just went from there. I'm going to pull you up because I'm really interested in when I talk to people. What was the spark that that got you to purchase that first plane? Like, there's always that first initial step that we make that I'm really intrigued to to find out. Well, why did you go and buy that model plane? I know that you liked aviation, but you oh. still had to make that choice to say, "Okay, I'm oh, go and I just buy wanted it. to. I just, I just thought, oh, I'd, I'd love to to learn to fly an RC aircraft, and what, what would it be like to actually, you know, uh, to fly it uh, remote remotely? I guess." Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's probably where that came from. And um, did you see it in magazines or magazines? Yeah, and you know, obviously, you know, going heading down to the local uh, flying field uh, that that sparked a lot of interest. Watching people fly and thinking, "Wow, you know, I would like to learn to fly them." And and uh, yeah, and then you know, I got a RC flight simulator, and um, that's actually what I started on. And yeah, developed that sort of hand-eye coordination and and it went from there. Did you find that using the simulator really helped in, in your learning process? Oh, look, for me, I think, it, yeah, for me it did. I mean, it's only like two-dimensional, but it, it did help with like the, the orientation, you know, when you're, you're flying the other way and it's coming towards you and, you know, your inputs are, you know, are sort of uh, reversed backwards or whatever. Yeah. That that helped, yeah, a lot. And you know, practicing you know, different manoeuvres, uh, you know, you know, it's not going to be costly when you crash on the simulator. So yeah, that uh, that helped me. Uh, that helped me a, a lot. Yeah, and I, you know, I had a I had a uh, buddy box go as well. That was that was pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, simulator was definitely very uh, advantageous for me anyway. Yeah, I ask that question because often you get different differing opinions, but I'm I've got the same opinion of you is that. Uh... I I knew how to fly a model airplane off off the back of a simulator before I even fly flew a real one. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah. actually, the, the guy that um, that uh, gave me a go of his plane first time around, he said, how do you think you'll go? And I said, I think I can manage the orientation okay because of the amount of hours I've done on the simulator that I, I don't think I'll be okay. And he just handed the transmitter to me and said, go. And I uh, yeah. took off and landed the plane first flight. Yeah. On the runway too. Yeah, it, it definitely. Yeah, it definitely helps. Helps that muscle memory. Most people that come down to the club and you know you, you, people that show an interest, uh, they ask you know what you know what should I do? And, you know, you always tell them uh, start off with a cheap plane and a flight simulator. Yeah, and uh, go from there. I'd like to think I was a natural, Rob. You know, I just picked it up straight away. <laughs> You're lucky. <laughs> Some people are naturals, yeah. Yeah, but but then my brother did it as well. He replicated my experience, and um, oh, nice, nice. But uh, yeah, he hasn't continued with it, but uh, he will. I think when he gets a bit older, he's yeah. having a bit of a break. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Well, he flies full size, so he's an airline pilot, so he's busy. He does. He does that. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So you get the trainer plane. You go. Which club would you go down to? Well, I'm. I'm. Um, I live about three minutes away from my uh, our uh, local club, uh, which is Waymess, you know, uh, West Australian Model Aircraft State Centre, the Whiteman Park. And we got like a beautiful establishment there, you know, sealed runways, uh, reticked turf, undercover pit areas. Oh, it's, yeah, it's one of the nicest flying fields in Australia. I go down there a lot. Used to go down there a lot. Well, I'm mean, still go down there a lot. But yeah, you know, before I had a plane in. Always go down there and watch and yeah, and have a look and uh, get involved. I've heard it's get a good to know club. People. I've heard it's a good field. Yeah, the asphalt runway. And yeah, like it's, and a, it's a lovely field. Yeah, beautiful field. I mean, the trees. You know, so we do have a bit of an issue with some of the trees, but yeah. But apart from that, it's it's good. You had me at three minutes away from the field. I'll three. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, um, that's handy. Well, to give you an idea, uh, where I'm sitting now, I can see the planes flying from my backyard. Oh. That's how close I am. That's, that's as yeah. good as having it, a private strip, I reckon, if you can do yeah. that. Yeah. I'm the closest per- closest member to the club. And, uh, yeah, three minutes. And, uh, I, yeah, I can see I see them flying from my backyard. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's pretty – that's very handy for me. Yeah, yeah, extremely handy. So I'm blessed. Let's wind the clock back. You, you, you get the high-wing trainer. And then what right. do you do? You learn how to fly. What's that? What's again? I'm always intrigued. What's that next step after the trainer plane? Well, well, you know, a lot of um, you know, mistakes were made. Uh, you know, you try things, you learn things, and you, you crash. And uh, uh, it's just going back a long time. And uh, you know, you just you develop your skills, and then you know, glue and rubber bands and tape later, and you know, you slowly get better and better, and then the technology improves too with RC flying. Um, better equipment comes out, and um, yeah, then I started to branch off into um, you know, some nice foam models started coming onto the market, and you know, it was a good way to you know hone the skills and just get you know more hours up, so to speak. What was your uh you know, did you have a category of models? Like, were you into the scale planes or aerobatics or? Yeah, I, I liked I I, I um, scale warbirds. I, I think the first one was a Corsair. A Corsair. It was probably probably not not the smartest uh, <laughs> thing to do, but I, I mean, I liked Corsairs, and it, you know, I, you know, it flew all right for me. It was a tail drag. You know, I learned a lot of things, and and then I um, I got uh, a Mustang, a foam Mustang, which was good. Learned a lot on that. And then I. Got some Hangar Nine planes, uh, Sundowner, oh, yeah. and that's where I really, it's where I really picked up a uh, a bit of confidence and skill flying those little things around. And and you know, the back of my mind, I always wanted to go down the turbine path, the jet path. And yeah, it, it was good. It was really good. All roads lead to jets, as I say. Yeah, I mean, jets aren't for everyone. You know, obviously the cost factor. That scares a lot of people, and yeah, it is expensive. And I think uh, my very first jet was a Falcon One Twenty, which I made and uh, with my help of my friend, who he got me into it. Uh, so we glassed it and sheeted it, and basically re-engineered it, and that was my very first turbine. And, okay, uh, yeah, cut my teeth on that, so to speak. So, how quickly did you get into turbines from sort of initially learning how to fly? I think I was. Uh, 
a year, maybe a year or two. Uh, um, it's a long time ago, but yeah, just tracing that back now. Yeah, foam, foamies and uh, built up balsa planes, and yeah, then then that Falcon 120 uh, with a King Tech 80 on the back. Okay, and uh, I flew the pants off that and learnt a lot of things, and then I had a mid air collision with it. Oh, right. That was the end of that. <laughs> Did it uh, go up in yeah. smoke or? Yeah, yeah, it was total. And, uh, and of all things, uh, it was with a, a um, foam glider. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he didn't see me and I didn't see him. But that's all right. That happens. And, um, and then I just bought an, I went and bought another Falcon 120 and basically started it all over again. And believe it or not, I had a mid-air with that as well. No. <laughs> not another yeah, glider? Or no, or? no. Oh, a long time. It was um, uh, quite. Uh, I, oh, I would have been probably a year between mid airs, and uh, yeah, that uh, that guy came shooting up behind me into a vertical climb, and yeah, it, his plane blew up in the air, and uh, mine sort of survived. But that was the end of the Falcon, and I I I um, I didn't build another Falcon, but I had a, I'd amassed a lot of flights on it, so I mean, yeah, it was a bit disappointing, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, just, a, it was a jet trainer. It didn't cost me a lot. I mean, the turbine was probably the most expensive yeah. part. And I, that, survived, that survived. Oh, really? Oh, so I sent that back. And then I think my next turbine was, um, was a Velox, Faybao Jets Velox. And the, yeah, that, um, I had that for quite a while. You get that turbine, you, know, you get the turbines in your blood and that's it. You just keep them progressing and you still are. So, well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and well, and, you know, and working at Qantas, uh, you know, I had all you know the smell of jet fuel, <laughs> engine spooling up. So, and I really liked that, and it was nice, and I liked the smell, and I liked the sound, and you mm. know, and I would come home and I would work on it, and yeah, it was a nice feeling. I like and looking the, yeah. at the at a turbine. I've got a couple of turbines, and I, I like looking at the engines. Go look at that! It's a work of art. And people, I say oh, to it's people, amazing technology, yeah. I say to people, I've got a private jet, let me show you. And I show them my, <laughs> yeah, my jets um, and I go, it's a real turbine motor. Have a look at it. <laughs> I said, it smells like the real thing. It sounds like the real thing. And it kind of goes like the real thing. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's, uh, you know, I sort of liken it to, you know, uh, you know driving, um, you know, a, a fully bombed out uh, V8 as opposed to a, Little rice burner. Yeah. No offense to the people that own rice burners. No. Yeah. Well, if they've got a nice big whopping turbo on them, those rice burners aren't too bad. But uh, yeah, but it's, you, you just don't get the sound. That's true. And the yeah. same with the jets. Uh, you know, jet jet engine and yeah. But the technology is is amazing, and it and it, it does uh, amaze a lot of people when they see all that engineering and technology crammed into that little can. Yeah, it blows them away. Yeah. So I was talking to someone the other day about um, I play guitar. And I was saying to him how when you have an electric guitar with a nice, you know, sounding amp and distortion and all that kind of stuff, there's this vibration when you hit a chord. Oh, yeah, and it's and, yeah. It, and it resembles, you know, when you hear that nice sounding car and you go, oh, listen to that, and you, yeah. you get almost that adrenaline oh, rush. And it's, yeah, it's similar with the the turbine when the oh, turbine definitely. kicks in yeah. kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I, I called it a vibration. It's like a vibration that, that, that gets definitely. you going. Yeah, and, um, yeah. It's pretty good. I was actually, uh, I was just on the computer. My, my son wanted me to, uh, you know, buy some concert tickets for the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra, and I'm checking the dates. And I said to him, Charlie, I can't go to this one. He goes, Why? Jet event. <laughs> it's next jet year. Event, I've yeah. got to go to this jet event. You'll have to go with your mother. <laughs> and he went, oh, Okay. No. Nice. <laughs> so I said to my wife, That's it. You're going to go to this one because I'm going to a jet event. So uh, yeah, that's the, the Wang nice. Jets event, which is a great event. So it's going to be yes, good. I um I watch I, I watch that, and uh, I think a couple of our people have been there. I think Andrew Hertzfeld, he's a good friend of mine. Yeah, he went over for that. He's the one that built the big seven four seven and the and the RFDS uh, PC twenty four. Yeah, I'm trying to get him on the podcast. We've have yes, corresponded. Yeah, I was only talking to Andrew the other day. I'll probably talk to him over the weekend and tell him about you. And yeah, yeah, you got interview him. He's um, he's a good bloke and yeah, he's very uh, very passionate about aeromodelling. Oh, his his jets yeah, are amazing. I'm, They're massive. Yeah, well, I've known him for more than twenty years, and yeah, he's very good. He's he flies down at Whiteman. Well, put in a good word for me. So, yeah, um, I have corresponded with him anyway. We just got to find a date. Yeah, yeah, he'll, we'll he'll come on. That'd be good. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well let's 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 go through what's in your hangar at the moment. 
Right, what's in my hanger? A one seven scale Bell 429, beautiful black one that I've modified with flotation skids and a nice uni light system. What kit's on it. that? That's a beautiful. That's by Robin, and I've had that for five years and uh, okay, a that, beautiful machine. I think I've seen yeah. them. It's electric, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Bell 429s are very aesthetically looking helicopter. Well, in my my opinion, now the line very nice lines. I um, there was one at my flying field at an event, and I said to the guy, and I fell in love with it. I just looked; it was a black one, and I looked yep. at it and I said, "Oh, that is amazing." Yeah, I said if you want to sell it, I might be interested in just having it to look at it because it's such a beautiful yeah. looking, looking thing. And um, he said, "Yeah, yeah, you can have it if you want." And he gave me a price. I said, "Okay, maybe not this <laughs> week." But, um, yeah, that they're expensive. They're expensive, but beautiful machine. And um, yeah, I've really scaled mine up with nice details and uh, tinted the windows. And the, the lighting system's really nice on it. It's really nice to fly at dusk. That's so um, I have that, that. That's electric, isn't it? It's all electric. Correct. Yeah, yeah. How does it fly? I, well, it flies beautifully. But I, I, I flight scale. I, I don't do anything stupid with it. And no. Flight like. 3D helicopter, but no. it, for me it flies lovely. Yeah, I mean it's you're always sort of on the ball when you're flying it because yeah. you know things can go pear shaped very quickly. Yeah, but it's been good. I've never had a, a, a dingle with it. Uh, yeah, great. And the other helicopter I have is a also a Robin, and that's a giant scale Robin Air, Airwolf. Oh, that'd be cool as well. Which is that is very nice. There's yeah. something about so, those scale helis. I really love seeing them. Yeah, oh, I love scale helis. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And you know, I, I, a lot of people like it. And you know, I hover it out the front here on the front lawn. Mm-hmm. And it gets all the neighbours that they all love it. And yeah, so I've got the two helicopters. Uh, next, I have a Top RC Odyssey in the black and white uh, Korean Air Force um, theme coloured. Yeah. It's, it, uh, I have that, and it has a King Tech 170 in it. I've had that for all, about five, five and a half years now. Is that a big motor uh, for that model? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is, but it, it, it's it's married to that perfectly, yeah. I mean, it does say, they do say a, a 140, 160, mm. which I had a 140, but yeah, it just didn't have the, it was good, but it just didn't have the vertical performance. Mm. But the 170 is great, yeah, yeah, it's, it's more than capable. So I have that model, um, which also put a Unilight system on it. I love Unilight. And the, and the next model uh, is my big giant one six scale scratch build F sixteen, which I've been working on for nearly eight years now. Eight years now. I want to know all about that model. So F sixteens okay. um, are very nice. Uh, yep. Why very did you? Slick. Well, yes. Why did you pick an F sixteen? Well, I like the lines of an F-16. Uh, my friends call them lawn darts. <laughs> but, yeah, always a passion about an F-16. When I went to uh, America, to the air shows, uh, you know, I got up close and personal with some of the Thunderbirds uh, aircraft, jet uh, F-16s. And, yeah, I've just, I just like them. I mean, I like all military fighter jets. They all appeal to me. But I, I like the F-16. So I ended up getting a Skymaster one initially, and um, uh, that – Flew beautifully. I was surprised how, for a scale jet, how nice it flew. I mean, I, I thought it flew better than my Velox. And I had that for quite a while. And then um, a friend of mine was flying it and um, we, uh, he went through a tree in it. Maybe he, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't upset, but it, it, it didn't do a lot of damage. But I thought, oh, you know, it was enough da- damage to retire it. And uh, so, you know, I got all the salvaged all the equipment out of it and Everything was pretty well okay. And then I had a, a friend of mine who had a set of F-16 aircraft moulds made out of carbon fibre he got from a guy in Germany. And there's only one jet being pulled from those moulds, which was the guy in Germany, and that's it. So my friend got these moulds, but he said, do you want my moulds? And I said, yeah, okay. So they're pretty big. So we've got the moulds, and my friend who works at Qantas as well, he's an engineer, he's very good with uh, – fiberglassing and that sort of uh, stuff. Uh, it was all sort of new to me, composites and that. So we undertook this project and decided, well, let's, let's build an F-16. And that's exactly what we did. And we vacuum bagged it and, uh, you know, sort of went 
helpful ever for the first few years. But then, you know, I had a death in the family and uh, things happened. So I had a bit of a break. So when I say you know, it was eight years in the making, probably realistically only, you know, maybe four. The rest were just, you know, it was like dormant. So, but I've resurrected the build and got right into it. But gee, you know, massive project to scratch build a, a plane and, you know, from moulds and, you know, all the formers are going to be designed and, um, Everything, uh, gear doors, uh, yeah. I'm not sure I want to do it again. It's just huge. I mean, it's taught me a lot, yeah. but it's at the stage now where it's ready for ready for paint, which is great. I mean, I mean, you, um, you would have seen the photos I sent you. Yeah, I'm looking um, at them now, actually. Yeah, it's come it's come a long way from the moulds, and the moulds are huge, and yeah. What's the scheme you're going for? Well, I, I uh, you know, my background, I'm, of, I'm um, of Dutch origin and I always liked the Dutch F-16 display team colour, you know, the orange one with the line and yeah, the black nose. Yeah. So I've uh, took it upon myself to endorse that theme and I got Kelly's graphics over in California. She did all the paint masks up for me. So they've arrived, but we've already painted the nose section black mm. and done all the paint masks with all the warning signs and, yeah. All that uh, nomenclature that's already done on the nose, and the cockpit's installed, which is a very highly scaled cockpit and rear, which we did. And um, what else? Uh, we've painted the wings are already painted, so it's basically going to get the center barrel done, which is the hard, which is probably the hard part because all these paint masks that like a jigsaw they got to intricately marry up with one another. So mm. uh, that's where we're at with that. Um, and I've just finished doing all the gear door geometry and gears and making sure that all works flawlessly in both cycles. And it was imperative that the when the gear closed, that the doors closed and they closed and they were flush. There was no gaps. And it, hmm. I found that hard to work out. You know, it was just a, a lot of it was by eye. Um, and, uh, yeah, picked up a few, few good ideas along the way and, oh, you should this doesn't work, I'll try this. And, oh, yeah, why didn't I think of that before? So I, I employed that and, uh, yeah, it just, it's just great. I, I, I can't wait to see it fly. It's going to be pretty light because we, we employed vacuum bag technology mm. um, and that's obviously made it extremely light and strong, really strong. And it's uh, before I go, go on any further, it, these moulds are jet legend moulds, but the moulds have been modified and, Oh, I wouldn't say modified. They've they've been made to look more scale. It's um, mm. it's a real scale looking F sixteen, and yeah, it's great. Um, you know, I've added a I've added a lot of scale detail details. I did all the rivet work on the inside of the gear doors. I don't know if you can see that in the photos. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally looking at them now. Speaking of the gear, like what gear are you using for la for landing gear? That is the gear. That is the gear I had in my original FC. That is the Generation 1 Skymaster gear. Very strong and oh, okay. so very it's reliable. It's got massive big air rams in it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we well, we made it fit. We had to get all the uh, positioning and the geometry right, and it it just, just fits and works beautifully. Uh, so really, really happy with how that's progressed. Um, so, you know, we've still got a bit to go, but all my um, – Components are in. Uh, I think I just got to put a brake valve in now. But you know, all my fuel systems done. We're, we made our uh, we made our own tanks out of Kevlar. They're all being plumbed and pressurized and tested. My, all the airline systems in, and uh, just got to do the rest of the lighting system now uh, and and painting. But yeah, it's. Um, I, I I think I'm not sure, but I think it might be the the only scratch built one six scale F sixteen in Australia. I yeah. could be wrong. I probably am, but. I don't know of any others. What are the dimensions give it, to give a bit of a scale to it? Like, what? well, gee, I think it's it's around two and a two and a half meters long. No oh, wingspan. I, I can't remember what the wingspan is. It's big. Yeah, it's very it's very big. It's bigger than my um, old F sixteen, which was a one six scale. So not by much, but what size turbine? Bigger. Uh, I have a 180 for it, which is should be arrived. Well, I've had the 180 for a long time, but I sent it back to King Tech just for a service and just to see if they could do an upgrade. And they've upgraded it to a G2 um, with all the electronics. So that will be here. Uh, well, it's here in Australia, right? so it should be here on Monday. And we've already dry fitted the turbine and the pipe and all the the turbine rails. It's all 
it, it just it just drops straight in and bolts straight in. So we've done a lot of that uh, during the. What about the pipe? Where did you, did you have to get that made up or? No, the pipe. Uh, the pipe we did get made up initially, and um, I've had that from the old one, and that, that's in really good nick. It's uh, uh, rated for I think it's rated for up to two ten. Okay. So uh, yeah, no no problems there. Um, it's good, and all the um, all the uh, servos are internal, including the wings. There's no servos in the wings. Oh There's, really? Um, when I should sorry, not included. There the servos for the ailerons are in the fuselage. Uh, if you can imagine, like I think Skymaster with their um, their tail stabs, I've got the same setup where the servos inside the fuse there and a, a little uh, uh, bolt with a bearing on it goes into a recess in the in the stab and it mm. moves it that way. Well, we've employed that same uh, technology for the aileron and tested it and it's good. So the, the wing is completely clean, the stabs are clean and the rudder uh, fin rudder, uh, is clean as well. There's no external linkages whatsoever. So how do, how do you get the rudder to work? Uh, well, that's all internal. That At the back there, you've got like a, uh, um, a cover. It's, well, I think it's where the chute, back, chute used to go. Well, a standard size survey. We designed a, um, a, a servo bracket for it and it fits perfectly. It's on an angle and it, um, it's actually at 90 degrees to the actual uh, shaft that goes up the rudder and it, yeah, it works brilliantly. So it sits yeah. in there and it's push-pull. Push, uh, so really happy about that. And uh, what else? Uh, and it's an S-Bus system. I've got an S-Bus system uh Roby Futaba S-Bus system for it. So all that, you know, two cables go down the side of the fuse and they're nicely hidden and secured. And then I've got the little servo uh, bugs, they call them. I've only got like uh, four, I think, yeah. Uh, two for the aileron, uh, two for the stabs, and one, five, sorry, and one for the rudder. So it's just, you know, ease of access and just convenient, no wiring and... The nose will just uh, that just runs off a PWM slot off the off the uh, Roby Futaba um, power system. What about the um, the t- the um, what do we call it? the exhaust nacelle or you know the uh, the tail cone? The tail cone. You talking? Cone. Yeah, yeah. That looks yeah, amazing. Yeah. Uh, oh, did you see the paint on that? Did you? Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, paintwork on we, it is uh, really realistic. We did. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard, but we used a process called black basing. It's where no, we get, we get the cone when we pull when it's pulled out of the mold. Pulled out of the mold, everything's done in primer. You know, we paint the grey primer in in the mold. So when we release it from the mold, it's got it's got the grey primer on already. So we pull that out of the mold. You know, make sure it's all ready for painting, you no know, sanding and everything. And then we black base it. You know, we just do uh, spray blotchy black spray patterns. You know, just you know, a radical. And then we put um, then we we start putting the the colour, the titanium and the aluminium colours on it, and, that, and then we get masking tape and we do those little faint lines and we do that with an airbrush and then yeah. you can see the, like, the heat the heat dis- dissipation colour, the blue. We did that with, well, I think about five shades of blue. So we do one shade, we'd mask it and we'd blend it in with the next shade, then we'd change the shading and so forth. And that's how we got that, that gradual light to dark colour and I think that came out really well. Oh, it's, yeah. it's phenomenal. It, it, this, yeah, it's it, so nice. Yeah, this is a this is a good. This is going to be a good model. This is going to be a standout model by far. Well, yeah. I, ho- I hope so. I've, I've put a lot of time in. I mean, you know, it's a. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not the world's best builder, but I, you know, I, I've, I always like to try look at ways of improving things and changing things. And God knows, you know, plenty of that's happened on this model. But yeah, but I, I'm probably not going to make. It. Um, I'll get my good friend to maiden it. He's a lot better pilot than me, and um, yeah, I'll be too nervous to maiden yes. it. And he can he can set it up, but yeah, so far everything's good. You know, the wings fitted nicely, and yeah, so it's been a great project. Yeah, it's been really really good. No, I'm looking forward to seeing that one uh, up in the air. That'd be good. Make sure you yeah, film I'll something. Keep, I'll definitely definitely keep you updated with that one for sure, for sure. And that. No, I don't have any other aircraft. Oh, I've only got a small, um, small selection. Yeah, that's it. I'm seeing. I'm well. If these photos are from your garage, there's a few others, but you know, there's a few random things. 
that might be my friend's uh, place. Is it the planes hanging on the? Wall I have planes so. hanging on the walls. He's got plenty. Yeah, of that's probably my. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, my uh, friend, the Qantas engineer. That's where we did all the we did all the uh, molds um, and the uh, glassing up at his place, and, and we'll, we'll go do the painting there. Um, I've just got the center barrel here and the nose section. Uh, do you have a photo of the nose section at all? At all? You, yeah. Can you see With that? The, the painted- black. Yeah, that black looks phenomenal. It's yeah, got, uh, yeah. Like you said, all the writing and everything set up. Yeah, well, that, and that looks that, great. That all that writing, Andrew, is all paint mask. It's all paint. Oh, it's not, is it? Uh, it's no, no, it's, no, it's all decals. Paint. No decals. Oh, that looks phenomenal. Yeah, it's all done by paint mask. Even close up, yeah. it looks great. That's the that's the the benefit of paint mask. You get such a beautiful, accurate job, and uh, that's why I was. So looking forward to doing all the line, the pattern work. I mean, I could have gone decals from Kelly, yeah, but we wanted paint mask, uh, and I, I, we cannot wait to start painting it this Thursday. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be good. When do you think it'll be ready to fly? Ah, uh, look, I, I don't think it'll be this year because uh, I think the paint is going to take a long time to do. Hmm. Simply, you know, you've got to let the paint cure, and then, and then you, you know, you've got to give it time to dry or heal. Or, if I could say it that way, then put the paint mask on, and that then that's got to dry, and then you know you got to rotate the center barrel around and do the underneath. So quite a complex process. The the wings, uh, tail and stabs, yeah, that's probably going to be the easy part. It's the center barrel that will be the because of the size of it, and you know we don't we don't really have a spray booth, and we're not really geared up to paint something of that nature and that complexity, especially the pattern. I mean, you know, I guess, you know, a lot of people say, why don't you just go for a nice grey uh, F-60 with a nice tail out? Yeah. You could have done that. That would have looked, looked just as good. Would have been easier. But, yeah, you know, my heart was set on that, um, you know, Dutch F-60. And I think that would look really nice in the air. I was just got to get a pilot for it. Yeah. And they can cost a bit as well. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The I, I always find, though, that uh, people that spend the time to go to that great level of detail, get the results at the end. You know, you've got to put the time in to make it look, you know, special. So it will be a special model when it's finished and everybody will just be all over it thinking this is wonderful. But, yeah, there's, it's, it's always going to take a lot of time. It's, you know, in some ways, um, in some ways uh, it gets frustrating for me because I, I get a little bit OCD with it because, you know, I've, you know, that minute detail and, and I'm, I'm thinking, well, no, no one's going to see that. But, yeah, you know, I'll do it anyway. And I'm thinking, oh. Then I've got to do this and I've got to do that, like, like putting all the nomenclature on the struts. Yeah. <laughs> all that, you know, the, the, the warning signs and the uh, fluid uh, specifications for the hydraulics. I've got all that for oh, it really? as well. So I'll, I'll, I'll be putting that on and I'm trying – and you've probably seen that photo. I'm trying to detail the um, – the, uh, the uh, wheel well, uh, the yeah, mains. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's all, um, yeah. But that's what I love, that level of detail. You know, if you're going to build a scale model like this, then you need that kind of detail. But it, that looks phenomenal as well. And you know what's funny? Like not many people are going to see that. It's going to be nah, facing the ground, but, but you'll I'll, know, it's, I'll there. know it's there. I'll know it's there. And, uh, you know, when it's at the club, when it's sitting on the table, I'll, you know, I like, I like to look at it and, um, you know, the lights definitely, uh, you know, accentuate. Uh, the, all the nice lines of the model. Uh, yeah, I'm really happy with those those lights that I put on the mains. They uh, that has definitely been a, a winner for me. So there's no flaps on the sure. F16. Just, just the no, or... and I don't know uh, well the ailerons become. So I'm not sure what sort of configuration I'll go in you know, with, like a tailoron sort of setup or just conventional elevator aileron and then mix uh, aileron with flap. Uh, that's how I had it on my old F6, and I was quite happy, happy with the way it flew that that way, but. A lot of people have the tailor on set up. Probably will go down that road. I'll probably, you know, discuss that with my friend. He's he's a lot more um, experienced in that in that field. I know a little bit, but yeah, not a lot, not a lot. So when it comes to building, this sounds like it's the biggest biggest building task you've ever taken on. Yeah, it is. Is, is there anything yeah. else that uh, of note? What, in regards to that sixteen? No, anything that you've done in the past of, of note when it comes uh, to building or this. Well, is- as I mentioned earlier, I, you know, I built that Falcon One Hundred and Twenty. That was a big build. Uh, you know, I, I had to rip all the film off that and glass all that and change a few things and modify it for turbine use because that's not actually made to uh, marry up with a turbine. 
Yeah. So it was that. Uh, no, nah, just, you know, you know, get the, uh, you know, I've had a few t- uh, uh, other turbo, you know, I've had a T- T1 models fortune. I've had that, you know, a lot of did it. You know, we did a nice build on that and the Veloxes. Uh, I had an Ultra Flash. Uh, yeah, but now the 16 is, is the biggest project I've undertaken so far. And I'm not sure I'm going to do, do anything like that again. I've had a few people ask me, can you build me one? You'd know. It, it always amazes me the people that have got that, um, that focus to be able to accomplish a project yeah. like this in a, in a relatively short period of time. It's going to take time, but, a, you know, that's why I say relatively short period of time. But uh, how have you stayed motivated? I know it's been on the go for a while, but. Uh, oh, well, it's. You know, with my knee, it's been been hard. You know, I'm home every day, but I I, I do love um, going in there and spending an hour looking at it and thinking, looking at ways of maybe changing that part out or that way I've done that, and seeing if I can do do it better. And I, I'm constantly finding I'm doing that as I'm going along with the, the with the build of it, changing things and just improving things and just making sure. It, it's all going to be a hundred percent, and yeah, that that's that's how I sort of that sort of motivates me, and yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I always find that uh, when I'm building a model, the early phases are really good and really motivated. All the big, I call it the big oh. stuff. You know, all the big stuff is oh, yeah. look, it's coming together. It looks like a model plane now. Look, I've put servos in. But then, as you go get towards the end, you get to the tedious parts, like you know, yeah. like the work that you're well, doing now. You know. To get to uh, quote the famous saying from that singer that sang up there, Kazali, you know, there are days when you can give it up and there are days <laughs> when you can fly. Yeah. And I quite quite often have that with uh, this thing and I'm like, oh, bloody, oh, you know, you pull your hair out. But that, look, everyone goes through that when they're building the plane. Yeah, that's true. That's there are going to be things. Uh, but, yeah, I know in my mind that this plane is very strong. You know, I can sit on the wing, you know, not like some of the ARF kits that come out of the Asia's and, you know, China and that, um, I know the internals of this plane and it is strong as, extremely. What do you think the weight's going to be? Uh, well, good. Um, we think it'll probably be around 16, 15, 16 kilo. That's and then uh, that's with everything and then fuel on top of that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah it's very it's very light. And, that's, and that, again, that's because it's been backbagged. You wouldn't believe how light it is to pick the fuselage up. But it's as strong as it's very strong. And in, in some ways, it's probably we've probably over-engineered it. In fact, actually, we have it. We definitely have over-engineered it. That's a good problem to have. So, yeah. But look, I think it will fly. It it, it, yeah, it should fly. It should fly. But, it, you know, no, it will fly. We'll see. You, you just look at it, and you know it's going to fly. So no. Don't worry, that, that's going to be a great yeah. project. So keep us in the loop. I can't wait to see a video of it once it's done. Up oh, in the air. it's going to yeah. be awesome. Definitely. I don't know if you um, know, uh, I follow this guy over in Canada, um, Jonathan Vogt. He does the lighter yes. side of RC. I've had him on the pro- podcast. Great guy. Yes. Well, I, I, um, I've been following him for years and I actually phoned him and, you know, I, I talked to him and, um, and he's really interested in my F 16. And um, so I'm going to. Uh, when he does his next after dark, he does that podcast at after That's after right. dark. I'm going to get on there, and um, I've sent him photos and video of my 16, and yeah, he's uh, very impressed. I, I really like that. What big uh, BVM one? He's just finished that Venom. That, yes, that I saw 16. Some... That's that's yeah. I so you know, I, get, I get a lot of inspiration from him. Well, especially with the turbines and stuff that he does. He's, a, he's, a, he's an interesting chap. You've got to listen to the podcast I did with him. Oh yeah, because it was be, he like was yeah it was good it was good to talk to him to you know just to, yeah he's a nice guy he's a good 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 bloke nice passionate about uh, era modelling and yeah well the thing for me was and this is what I tried to uncover with my chat with uh, with Jonathan Voigt was uh, Vote actually that's how you pronounce his name Vote he um, the amount of time he has to spend just to be able to produce that YouTube content it is oh you know, it's, it's incredible isn't it yeah I mean that's sort of that's a lot to go into that. And he actually has a full-time job. He yes. works as a construction manager from Monday to Thursday. Yeah. And the rest of the time he, he does models. I mean, I was just I was talking to him on the phone yesterday. And, uh, yeah, we all, uh, much like you're talking to me, 
uh, about error modeling. And I, yeah, I, I talked to him about that. And yeah, he, uh, he yeah. builds some nice models. He does. He does a great job. And, and it's good to have those, that kind of, um, YouTube channel as well to, to, to inspire people as well. So I'm a big, big fan of it. He does a good job. When you go down to the flying field, is it mainly turbines that you're seeking to fly now? Um, what myself? Um, yeah, yeah. I, look, I used to have gases. I had uh, I had a P fifty one Mustang gasser from Top RC with a um, uh, what's that? Tw- uh, four, that inline two stroke uh, rotor motor. Oh, I had yeah. that. I had one. Of, I had those, and I had a Hangar Nine SR twenty two triple two Cirrus. Uh, had that, but Andrew mostly now. Um, the helicopters and the jet. That's probably all I fly. Uh, yeah, and I think that's enough for me. I didn't want to. I didn't want to get too many planes because then you know they end up becoming hangar queens. You know, I had my heart on heart set on getting a big giant scale F fifteen, mm. but it's it's just too big for me and uh, to transport something like that. Even though the field's very close. I mean, even with this F sixteen, it's, it's going to hang out the back of the tub on the ranger yeah but i'll secure i'll secure that definitely cops and looks on the way i know <laughs> but you're only going three minutes I, I just got i just got a ranger and I, i'm thinking how to put a two meter plus plane on that it'd be hanging yeah out well i've got this I've, i have the super cab so i've got a bigger tub oh, okay, and uh, yeah so it fits and the helicopters just fit in there yeah so yeah i usually find you know i'll take a, a jet helicopter you know and i'll fly the helicopter around and uh uh, because you know the very sensitive controls on the helicopter, the inputs, and then, you know, yeah, really sort of has me uh, well in tune to get onto the jet, fly the uh, fly the jet. So that's yeah, true. Very, very yeah. nice. And yeah, we probably get a uh, a wide range of flying disciplines down at the field. You know, a lot of um, we have other turbines. We, we haven't got a lot. Uh, mostly. Um, a lot of elderly people flying, you know, the, the boomerangs, the trainers, uh, yeah, little sport uh, gases, and helicopters. Got a beautiful helicopter area and, and turbines. Actually, I was going to ask you about that because since you are the first guest from Western Australia, I want to know more about the flying scene in WA. But your club is one of the major clubs, I think, in Western Australia. How, how many members do you have? How, how many members are of that club? I think I. I could, look, I could be wrong, but I think it's around three hundred. Might be, might be more. Three hundred. It might be less. I think so. Uh, you know, well, people, but you know, people have people have come and gone in this hobby. Uh, you know, I mean, that's you, know, you get that in probably any sort of uh, hobby. Uh, there's always people coming, and then there was always people going. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's uh, with the cost of living crisis and everything. It's it's an expensive hobby now. You know, our dollar value, our dollar doesn't help at, us at all. It makes it so expensive, you know, because all these kits come from overseas. That's right. Everything, because yeah. everything works on US dollars and the, and our exchange rate is not great. It was good many years ago when no, it was terrible. a parody. It uh, was when it was a parody, yeah, yeah. That was a good time to buy a jet, but yeah. I mean, this F-16, it's probably, you know, it's just materials really, you know, and a couple of little components. But, you know, I, I think it owes me around oh, collectively about three 3,000 Australian dollars. Yeah, okay. That's not As too opposed bad. to buying the kit from Skymaster, I think what by the time you get it here, what nearly eight or nine thousand, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I think by yeah. the time you got it landed, yeah, I think easily. yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be wouldn't be far off ten grand. The crazy thing is, I, I, I like if we look at the boom of the turbine jet scene in Australia. Yes, they're really expensive, but it's still really really strong compared to six years ago. I'd say. Even six years ago, oh the, yeah, the yeah. amount of people that have jumped onto the onto the turbine bandwagon, like all of my flying friends, have got turbines now, and they traditionally yeah. like aerobatics and stuff. Oh, it's blah, great. Blah, blah. Now it's once you go turbine, you never go back. Got, oh, you know what I like? I, I, I like the um like the the, the the jet events at the full size airports that we have over here. I think that it's a really yes, special, you've got that at Wang- yes, you know, like yeah. Wangaratta and Mangalore. And, uh, you know, in Victoria here, they do an excellent job. The um. The VJA, as they're called, a well-run, they're well-run organisation. Yeah, and it is. Yeah. So yeah, um, you guys yeah. do a great job over there. And what about WA? So tell me a bit more about the WA scene. You know, there are many clubs. Are there are lots of uh, well, we've got we've got the turbine. The turbine club is called WestJet, and that's uh, uh, that's you know, you've got a group of uh, turbine guys, in it and you know, most of them fly at Waymask or a place called Cams south of the river. But that's there's no runways there. That's just a grass oval. But, uh, but 
Whiteman or Wave Mascot, that's the premier place in WA. Uh, yeah, it's just very well set up for, uh, you know, all sorts of model flying but, and great for turbines. You know, the runways are long. Um, I'm just good. looking now. There's yeah, three just, run- just kangaroos. Three one runways, yeah, yeah, and then you've got are they control line circles at the end or what? what yeah, that the was end? Um, that was they were made years ago when we had the international world control line championships at Waymas with countries from all over the world. Oh, and that's really? why they were built. Uh, but yeah, no, that it's a very nice flying field. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's very very nice. Very happy and proud to be part of it. Yeah, it does look like. Um, well, with that many members, I suppose. They can afford some of the facilities that you've got there because it looks yeah looks well, pretty I'll, special. Well, it's it's um it's under Whiteman Park uh, um, jurisdiction, if that's the right word. Mm. Uh, so you know we have to abide by the by the the park's rules and uh, you know uh, the fauna and the flora and the fauna and all the all the kangaroos that live on the flying field. You know that little buggers don't get out of the way when you're <laughs> taxiing, so you really? chase them out of the way. Yeah. Uh, it's I've got a lovely uh, clubhouse and barbecue facilities and a play swing area for kids and beautiful lawn areas. Are they are they running many? I know that they do run events. I've been promoting a few of the events that are there. Yeah, they 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 desperately trying to I think organise another uh, wings over Whiteman, but it's just very hard. You know, a lot of people don't want to put their hand up, and there's a lot of organisation, and, and there's I think there's a lot of insurance. Um, you know, you've got to get display permits now. And, and you know, we're, we're actually in the uh, Perth Airport airspace, so, you know, we're only restricted to 400 feet, which is yeah. fine. I mean, I don't go 400 feet anyway. I'll, can't I'll see the planes. <laughs> so I'm only, I usually fly at about 200 and 300, and the helicopters, God, be lucky if I break 150 feet. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm um, – I don't get enjoyment from flying model planes high. I, uh, I get I get nervous. I just can't see them as well, and you know that angle of your no. eye to the plane. Oh yeah, and especially with a jet a turbine, which you know it covers a lot of ground very quickly, and you you know you've always got to sort of try and be ahead of it. And yeah, you know you just don't want to get that wrong. And you know, I've been down that road, and I've lost turbines where I've gone too far, and and so other people. You know, all of us jet guys here have lost turbines. So, you know, you wouldn't be one person that hasn't. That's, that's good to know because I'm uh, I lost the turbine. Yeah, well, well the, I think just about anyone. I mean, even the best of us could lose turbines. It's oh, going to happen. It, 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 most of the avid um, jet flyers that I know have lost some significant models, and and often it wasn't, you know, it was either an equipment failure or something like that that was totally out of their control. Um, yeah, really, is it a, a, a massive dumb thumb kind of thing, like? Even the way oh, that I, yeah. I crashed my model, I was in control of the model, and then it just snapped into a spiral dive, you know, like a yeah. high speed stall and or something. But um, but that's, yeah. the, that's the ugly side of the hobby. Yeah, that's right, yeah. and it's, it's uh, disappointing. And we but, all we all be yep, we've all gone through it. We dare say we'll probably go through it again, but it's been, <laughs> that's what luckily, it's been few and far between. You know, as I was going to say, that uh, it doesn't stop us because it's amazing how. We'll crash a model, and the first thing we think of is, okay, we need to buy another one. We need to we need to get a replacement for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very yes. it's a very yes. quick decision. It's not like, oh, let me think about this. Should I do this or not? It is very much yeah. okay. Yeah. I need to go and get another model. Which one will it be? Like I crash my model, yeah. and at the field we're deciding what should be the next model to replace this one. So um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I hear re- that. I have oh. the replacement. I should try to get it built. I need Gavin. I need our friend Gavin Sexton to help me. I need someone to help me. Who wants to help me finish off some jets? <laughs> and you know what? There's not that much work required. They're literally just motors and um, RC. They're radio gear, and that's it. All the servos are in. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. It amazes me that you know when you're, when you're flying something that intricate and that valuable, and it's only. Linked to you by radio signal. <laughs> yeah. But th- that's the fascinating. That's what I, you know, really loved is this well, concept of I can control this thing whilst it's flying around the air. It's, it's a very simple view. but Yeah. Fascinated me too when you asked me that question earlier on in the podcast there about what inspired you. And I think, well, yeah, that, that controlling that, that little radio signal. And of course, you know, when I was getting into turbines, it was all – it, it was all gas start turbines. It, it wasn't much technology, you know. It was, it, and it, look, look where it's come now, you know. Oh, you know it's, oh, it's amazing now. You know, it's really a single bus cable it. and uh, brushless motors and brushless fuel pumps, yeah. 
yeah, the technology is really yeah, what, oh, a lot better. What other jets would you love to own? Well, I've I I, I love the uh, the F fifteen E Strike Eagle. Yeah, I've always liked that, but just a uh, nice plane, but. The landing gear on that's too narrow, and yeah, I mean, it wouldn't take much to you know to when you're turning that for the wing and to scrape. Uh, F sixteen, yeah, the F sixteen too. Yes, that's narrow. Uh, yeah, I'll. Um, but I've got some. Um, I've got some ideas that help me, and I'll be putting a um, uh, steering um, a gyro on the steering. Yeah. Do you use, uh, do you use that, gyros at all in, in the model? Well, I've got a Cortex. I've got one in my Odyssey, but it's only at like twenty percent. It's only, mm. and uh, I have that on the, on the, um, on the steering and uh, just the ailerons. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, uh, I mean, I, I like it. You know, it's it's good for me. You know, because I mean, I'm sixty two years old, and you know, I don't have the reflexes of a, you know, a thirty year old or a twenty year old. Uh, so I'll probably will put one in the 16, and uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I've got some ideas about you know if I turn too quickly and it decides to want to scrape a, a wing. So I'll, I've got some ideas up my sleeve to counteract that. Well, it sounds so, like yeah. it, it sounds like this model is keeping you very mentally active. A lot of thought it has is. to go Sometimes into. Sometimes I get yeah, I get do get frustrated with it. Sometimes Andrew, as I mentioned earlier, um, like. T- what did I do today? Uh, like uh, the front nose gear door light. Mm-hmm. That's frustrating me at the moment because I just do not have a lot of room. And oh, again, that's, I, I hate cannot, that when there's not a lot of room. Yeah I've, yeah, I've got to really sort of think outside the box with that one. Um, I'm going to give that a lot of thought because if, if that stops the gear from opening or closing, so yeah, I've got a, I've got some nice light uni lights coming for that. That should should be okay, but I'll I'll make some modifications. Probably not going to be scale. You know, like the position of it, but oh well, you know who cares? <laughs> It'll still look good. It won't look out of place, but yeah. So I oh, talked about in the last uh, episode of this podcast. I talked about my F five J glider that I'm having a lot of troubles in trying to. I literally just got to put the radio gear in. I've got to get the receiver in the damn thing. And there's there, these gliders have got no space in them. And no it's room, like, yeah. It's like a bird's nest. And it got to a point where I just got fed up and I said, I can't deal with it. And I've just put it on the shelf. Yeah. It's just you got to walk the shelf. Away, so- and it's been six, seven months. I've, and I, I just yeah. the thought of taking it out. And that's why the uh, the uh, John who'd like it. Oh, John? I think John would like it. I, I I said to him, I'm coming around to your house. He lives in the next suburb. I'm going to go and uh, go and uh, get his help because I, it's the kind of thing where I just need I need someone's helping hand to get that that thing done. And I really, really, really want to Jim who'd like it. I really, really want that plane that that glider out for for some summer gliding sessions. And so that's my uh, actually I got sent a flyer today to look at, which uh, one of the local flying clubs wants to organise a gliding event. And I thought that'd be perfect. I can take my glider. Wait a second. Yeah, it's got a bird's yeah, nest in it. I've got to get sorted out. So uh, yeah, yeah, I will get it sorted. I guarantee you. I want to get that thing up and running. So that's my next uh, next goal. So okay, so um, you told us a bit about your flying scene. You told us a bit about uh, WA. We've found out a lot about the F-16, so guess what? I'm up to the final question, which is that question that everybody wants to know the answer to. And what's that? What has been your favourite all-time model that you've owned? Right. Well, that's a good question, and that's a hard question (laughs) because I I love my Bell 429. Yeah. And my Airwolf. Oh, look. Gee. I guess it would have to be the uh, the Odyssey. It's uh, to me, it, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful flying jet, heaps of power and fast, and yeah, yeah. I guess that I guess that would be it. That'll probably change though when this F 16s up. That'll, that'll, <laughs> that'll take the number one spot. Uh, the Odyssey and the Bell four twenty nine. Oh, you see, you, you you've you've done the double. Well, okay. Well, no, I've no. The question is model because. I've had lots of people to create categories for one, two, threes in different categories. Well, for this category, this oh, is my okay. favorite. 
But you've got look, the old. The bell is nice, and you've got my mind racing again about the bell that I saw, which is the same one as you've got. And and it was like, oh, a, a model like that, I'm happy to just look at it. Well, the owner of this this that, that helicopter has only flown it once, and I managed to take some photos of it in its sort of maiden flight. And he was pretty nervous because, like me, he loves the look of it. And I just kept on my eye kept on going back to it, going. Look at that! Isn't that beautiful? And it's the kind of helicopter where, no matter what angle it's on, when you take a photo of it, it looks good. Oh, it just, just looks good, doesn't it? Yeah. Actually, if you while well, I've got you there, I'll send you a, a little quick little video of that Belfort Twenty Nine. Is that okay with you? So you can have a look at it. Oh yeah, love to see it. Well, as we've uh, as Rob has tried to send me a video file, it's crashed the internet. So we're on the phone to say bye to Rob. Uh, and as you can tell, the the phone quality is really not as good as a Facebook Messenger call, people. So, um, Rob, thanks for joining. Yes. Me. Thanks for joining me on the oh, Flat RC podcast. Thanks very much for having me, Andrew. It's been, uh, been great to talk to you and uh, share my um, passion with another fellow modeler. Well, I'll tell you what, we've achieved some great goals here. We've had uh, the first guest from WA. We've had the first episode where we've gone from an internet connection to a traditional phone connection. We've covered it all. Rob, thanks for joining me. Oh, you're most welcome. Thank you very much, Andrew. About to leave, already packing. Come with me, I'm not really asking. We'll get away to a place where we don't know. Well, there you have it, another episode of the Flat Out RC Podcast done and dusted and what an episode it has been. Uh, the first Western Australian guest, hopefully not the last. Rob Vonk, thank you very much for joining us, sharing your story in aero modelling and that F-16 sounds awesome. I've, I've seen plenty of photos now and it is phenomenal. Can't wait to see that flying and uh, get a report on how it actually does fly. So, But uh, I think it's going to be fine. Uh, I'm very confident that it will fly very, very well. Thank you all for listening once again. Don't forget to subscribe to all the Flat Out RC stuff, the podcast, the YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Get on board. I might have a video up shortly. We'll see. I've just been so busy with other stuff that it's always hard to squeeze some of this stuff in, but we can still squeeze the podcast in. So stay tuned. Another couple of weeks, we'll probably have another episode. Not sure who, not sure who yet. Got someone in mind. Just need to say yes. Anyway, talk to you soon. Get out there flying. Not looking back, eyes on the freeway, Bonnie and Clyde, a classic cliche, we're on the run, this is what we waited for.